Broadcasting from deep in the Eublifaris galaxy, on a small planet called Geconia, east of the albino hills and south of the raging leucistic river, comes the one, the only, Gecko Nation Radio. Good evening, citizens of Gecko Nation, and welcome to another edition of Gecko Nation Radio. Today is December 21st, 2014. That intro always cracks me up a little bit and gets me in a good mood for the show. Uh, it's kind of corny, but it's kind of funny, too. And uh, we thought about changing it a few times, but everybody seems to like it, so we'll just keep it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring on my co-host, Mr. Tim Walt from Slice of the Jungle. What's up, Tim? What's happening, Dave? Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. This will be our last show before the holiday. We're taking uh, next week off, too, right? It'll be the last show before Christmas. Yes, we are. Right, right. Yeah, so I I think uh, tonight's show is appropriate. We, have, we never really did a show. I mean, of course, we've had women breeder guests on and prominent women in the gecko and reptile community on the show, but I think a show dedicated to the, to the women in the gecko community is, is kind of cool. Um, when you think of, you know... I guess your favorite women personalities or breeders in the community, Tim, what do you think of? I think of the the two ladies that we have on the show tonight, as well as Julie Bergman. And what about mm-hmm. you? Yeah, I, the, the same. I also think of Kelly Hammock. She's done a tremendous amount of awesome work with leopard geckos. And um, I think of Jessica Smith with her fat tails. She does a fabulous job with what she's working on. And uh, we definitely have some great women breeders. And there's a lot of other smaller hobbyists that I think are great, too. A lot of them are in the group. Uh, some are even in the chat tonight, Brooke. And, uh, you know, it's Elsa, of course. And, you know, it's just it's just great. We have a lot of – we do have a lot of great women people, uh, women breeders and women hobbyists. And I, and I don't know if there's any kind of, you know, difference, really. I mean, and that's what we're going to find out tonight. We're going to find out. Uh, if there's any advantages or disadvantages to being a, a woman in the gecko world. And and uh, I think we have two guests on that will certainly be able to, you know, tell us how it is. And Marsha definitely has the history behind her. She can go back and tell us how things used to be compared to how things are now. And Rebecca is definitely a bit newer on the scene. So, I don't know. I think it will be interesting. What do you think? Yes, and also uh, one thing also I wanted to mention that we uh, when we were mentioning um, that we're not going to be on next week, um, so the next time uh, we'll be having a show is right after the White Plains show. Ah, okay, yeah, that'll be a good show, I'm sure. So yeah, uh, for, for anybody in the right. New York City area or people that will be traveling, don't don't forget to stop by Dave's table, and uh, I usually will be hanging out, you know, bouncing around. Um, if uh, you want to see any of the geckos that I'll have available, I will be at John Heiser's table, which is right next to the Cutting Edge Herp table. Okay, and that show is on Sunday, uh, January 4th. Okay, folks, so uh, mark it on your calendar. Um I think it's going to be a good show. You know, everybody will have their Christmas money to spend, I guess. You know? Hopefully. Oh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. 
All right, cool. Well, before we get started, folks, I just want to definitely thank all the listeners out there and, of course, all the show's fans. And uh, also, I want to thank our great sponsors. I'm going to play a sponsor plug now. You're going to hear some of our sponsors now and then some at the halfway point. Check them out. Gecko Nation Radio is a David Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by Reptiles Express is the absolute best live animal shipping company with great low rates. Debbie is the queen of customer service and will make sure your precious cargo gets to where it needs to. They also have a wide array of shipping supplies from deli cups, snake bags, heat packs, and more. Visit reptilesexpress.com and become a member today. Longhorn Geckos is a father and son collaboration. Daryl and Cade Burton specialize in the best super tangelos, pastel raptors, white and yellows, and really nice wild types. Follow them on Facebook at Longhorn Geckos and on their new website coming soon. Ohio Gecko is famous for amazing tangerines, snows, and other very unique leopard gecko projects. Thad also has some incredible fat tail morphs available from stingers to starbursts. Visit him online at ohiogecko.com and at expos in the northeast. He is also the owner of geckoforums.net. Dale's Bearded Dragons is your one-stop source for any reptile supply products that you may need from Exoterra, Zoomed, Rapashi, Repcal, Fluker, and much, much more, and all at 20 to 50% cheaper than your local pet store or big chain pet store. They are also the biggest reptile supply distributor at most of the Northeast Expos. Contact them directly online at dalesbeardeddragons.com or message me on Facebook and I'll put you in touch with the owner. Also, folks, keep in mind that uh, there's a standard 5% off coupon code for EB Dragons if you want your uh, doobie roaches from them. Uh, use the code GECKO, all in caps, at checkout, and uh, you'll get 5% off your order. All right, we are back. And um, let's see, I wanted to mention something else like, before I forget. Oh, I totally forgot what it was. But anyway, all right, we got our, <laughs> we got, we got our callers, and we got callers lining up in the room. And um, all right, that's cool. Well, why do you say we go ahead and bring on our guests? Um, oh, wait, I know what it is. We got to talk about that really important topic. Tim, why don't you why don't you mention it? We would like everyone to direct their questions and comments and uh, do their research on any issues that they might have or. Uh, any inquiries that they have about their geckos, and go to geckoforums.net. That's right. Absolutely. And also, if you like what we do here on Gecko Nation Radio, definitely check out Perpentine Radio, which is our affiliate. And uh, those guys do a great job. Also, they're on Block Talk, too. They've been going strong for three years now, Justin and JD. So uh, check them out. All right, cool. We're going to go ahead and bring on our guests. Marsha McGinnis of Golden Gate Geckos and Rebecca Hassler of Dragoon Gecko. Let's bring Marsha on first for seniority. <laughs> Hi, Marsha. How are you? Hi, gang. How are you? Doing good. How's it going, Marsha? Old gecko ladies in there. Uh, she, um, no, she, if she knows what's good for her, she won't, um, she won't uh, molest us on this uh, program. <laughs> okay, cool. 
Thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, I'm always glad to be here. You know that. I know, I know. All right, let's go ahead and grab Rebecca. Rebecca, all the way from Germany. It's like 2 in the morning. What's up, Rebecca? Hey, everybody. And, yeah, good evening. In my case, good, good night, but <laughs> nice to be here. Guten Morgen, right? Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> uh, he's been practicing for you. Oh, <laughs> that's actually the only thing I really remember from taking German in, in high school. So, you know, okay. Guten Tag and Guten, uh, guten Morgen, I know. Yeah, I think we definitely have to practice a little. <laughs> <laughs> I only it's know not the enough curse. to order some food in Germany, you know. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I only know all the curse words and dirty words. Oh, wow. <laughs> Isn't that what people always learn? And the first thing they learn about if, in any language uh, other than their native language, the first thing they learn is how to swear in that language. Oh, I'm That's so sorry to disappoint you, but I'm such a practical person. Or yeah, I love food. So the first thing I learn in every language is how to order food and food. how to pay it because this is crucial. If you can order food, you can, you know. And you're almost everything. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> right, yeah. Am I right? And if you, what if you wind up ordering something you don't like? Or, you know, yeah, that's a good point. You have to be able to order the right food. Yeah, that's, that's important. That's <laughs> funny. All right, cool. Well, I'm so glad to have you both here tonight. As you know, tonight is show devoted to women in the gecko community. And folks that are listening... We'd love to have you call in tonight with any questions or comments or uh, discussion topics that you'd like us to touch on. And the number is 646-478-5331. All right. And if you put questions in the chat room, I may or may not see them because, you know, it's kind of busy here on the screen. But um, it would be great if you guys would call in. But, uh, all right, why don't we start with, um, I guess, one of the questions that I had for both of you ladies is, um, you know what? What is it like being, uh, you know, a well-known or prominent uh, woman in the gecko community? And I guess, um, you know, maybe we'll go with we'll give this one to Marcia first, and then you can answer, Rebecca. Um, so why don't you take that one first, Marcia? So how does it feel to be a, a female uh, reptile breeder? Well, um, more 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 for geckos. You know, like how does it feel to be, um, I guess, like a prominent you know, figure in the gecko community, a prominent breeder, someone that's really done a lot for the gecko community. Well, I, you know, I think it feels really good, and I've been happy for these last almost 20 years to contribute as much as I can to the gecko community, uh, whether it be through, you know, beautiful, healthy geckos or advice or comments or um you know, you know anything of that nature. Um, always been into education, but I don't really feel that being a, a female gecko breeder is any different than being a male <laughs> gecko breeder. <laughs> how would you know? Well, how would you, yeah? Well, how would I know? Uh, uh, hmm. <laughs> let's let's not go there. <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's it's a good point, and that's kind of what I wanted to find out. Like from your from from a female perspective, what's it like? What do you think, Rebecca? What do you see from your uh, side of things? 
I wanted to say exactly the same thing. <laughs> I was so hoping that Marsha, with her tons of experience ahead, would, you know, enlighten me what's the difference between a female and a male leopard gecko breeder, and I don't want to spoil the whole interview here, but <laughs> I really have the feeling it's, yeah, more based on your individual personality than, than really Absolutely. on the gender. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, the, this topic is ladies' night, so I think we'll try to go a little bit more into details here. But, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> so well, can't you just, like, uh, you can't you make stuff up, like, uh, say something like, well, when I bought all my initial stock, the breeders were really extra friendly to me and gave me a bunch of free geckos or something because I was a pretty woman or yeah, something like wish. that. <laughs> yeah, you wish that, David. <laughs> it's hot, hot. <laughs> that would be easy. <laughs> No, uh, well, that so would be that would be using one's gender um, in a manipulative way, and uh, I, I I'm really not I'm I'm just you know that's just not my scene. <laughs> I think well, we both are not that type of women. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah I don't uh, I don't differentiate. Uh, I think that as long as uh, somebody is truly truly dedicated and has that passion and uh puts that out there to the general uh community um it doesn't matter by the you know including well okay let's put it this way a lot of the communication we've had uh within the gecko community over the years um before you know uh um Gecko Nation Radio uh, was on was online. It was in the forums, and you know, other than a name, I think that everybody, as you're typing away, there's really no differentiation uh, in gender mm-hmm. uh, when you're inter- when you're interacting with other people. It wasn't until you know um, people like you, Dave, uh, you know, and others. Uh, who made it to where you could actually hear the hear the voices of each other, and uh, uh, that's that's the only time it would really be differentiated. Or either that, or at a, at a reptile show. Obviously, I'm a woman, and obviously, Dave's at a show, and he's um, he's a man. So uh, I, I really don't think that there's a whole lot of um, segregation or sexism or anything like that. That's overt anyway if there's covert stuff going on then um i'm not aware of it right you know i don't see any of that either i don't see anything sexist or anything um and and, and that's not really like what i what i was really going for with tonight it was more i don't know it was just more from your experiences and just basically to hear what you had to say if there was anything that you've noticed and that's and like you said there's really no no segregation or anything which is cool and uh, you know, I guess, I mean, I don't think there's, I mean, as far as husbandry and as far as um, promoting and stuff, there's nothing really different about women in the community than there is uh, with how men do things, right? I mean, everybody kind yeah. of does things the same or has their own well, little ways I think, of doing I things. I think years ago, uh, 20 years ago, when I became a breeder, uh, actually <laughs> I was a hobbyist breeder at that point, um, I think there was still a little bit of novelty uh, in the fact that there were, you know, women that were just seriously passionate about reptiles and especially, you know, in this case, geckos. Um, people like Julie Bergman uh, were one of the first 
um, pioneers uh, for women in uh, in her in her pediculture. Um, I, I think I said this on one of the show, other shows. She, I mean, she taught me how to sex a lover gecko. Yeah. So we're gonna have, we'll and, have her and, back on again in 2015. Yeah, that was a that's good episode great. with you and her. And we've we've had some, you know, we've had many many years of, um, you know, a very respectful uh, professional relationship, but then it evolved into, you know, a personal relationship, and I think it'll be that way forever. But but I think there was a novelty, and especially, you know, not so much within the community itself. Uh, when I would tell people that I was a gecko breeder, they would say, what? You know, <laughs> what? <laughs> you're, but you're a woman, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah, so? <laughs> and, well, well, and, that's uh, a good point. Yeah, yeah, a lot of women are, are squeamish around reptiles. You know, there are some, from what I've seen, and it's, and it seems like today there's a lot more women that are getting over those fears and keeping reptiles as pets. Would you say that that's true, Rebecca? Would you say that um, women are kind of getting over the fear of snakes and lizards and stuff? And I mean, it's always kind of been, in the past, it's been more men that have kind of embraced this kind of thing. And But now it seems like it's leveling off. There's just as many women as there are men. I mean, what do you think? Definitely. I have the feeling that um, during the last years uh, when I visited the reptile shows and uh, yeah, was watching the scene, I had the feeling that there were constantly more women around. I mean, obviously it has something to do with that um, Yeah, the uh, marketing gets better. I mean, our scene has been always a very small one, and I think it has a lot of, um, yeah... I can't help myself but feeling that it has more to do with the advertising and, and you know, um, mm. the marketing of the products. I mean, the, the um, women have more, I don't know, a feeling for design and style and they require a little bit of, you know, um, of such, while men are more, I feel, the practical persons that, you know, don't mind having any kind of wreck or tank into their room as long as it, you know, fits their needs. And, and I have the feeling, and I count myself in there as well. I also, yeah, <laughs> I also have to like it and look at it without, you know, <laughs> being, I don't know, <laughs> um, mad or something. Um, I think the the whole product involvement has seen a lot of improvement during the last years, which makes uh, products for reptiles, and therefore also reptiles, more attractive to women. So mm-hmm. I think it's more of a marketing niche, and I think personally many, many companies, I mean, I'm just a hobbyist, so, yeah, I don't, there's nothing that I can do. I mean, I'm just breeding on a small scale. There are not so many people that know me besides the ones that maybe, you know, listen to Gangco Nation Radio or uh, see some of the free articles that I provide, but this is just for me as a, you know, as a vet student, I feel the need of giving something back and educating people, and I can't, as I can't, you know, help them all personally, I, I find, due to time reasons, I find this a more practical way. So, yeah, this is all I can do, but I think that, yeah, the professional breeders as well as uh, the people or the companies providing the products for the reptiles themselves are 
just starting or in the process of, of you know, discovering an, a new market niche that is totally, you know, yeah, new and, and open for everyone still because there are so few products that are, you know, designed with, you know, real, yeah, style. So so they're all practical and perfect, and I have many products that I use and love to use, and I don't want to um, say anything, you know, against them. It's just that I have the feeling that there is a lot of more, or there would be a lot of, 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 of yeah, that there would be a whole new market niche if, if companies would, you know, take this into consideration, that maybe it's just the design, that maybe some people are struggling to buy a reptile because they can't find the equipment they like to see for price they can afford. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an interesting point, yeah. And I I mean, I, I think that's true. Um, I, I think a lot of women first find, uh, you know, reptiles by buying their children a pet, and then they kind of go on from there and start appreciating them. And, but, I mean, that's just, I'm not saying all of them are like that, but I think I think a lot of them, find it that way, but when I'm at a reptile show, there are, it seems to me that there's just as many women there as there are men, and I mean, it's just, it's kind of oh, yeah. out, which, great. And, and they're children, cool. too, which are the, which are the future herpers, uh, you know, so you're, you're seeing not only just a stereotypical type of person, uh, like back, back in the um, early 90s, I mean, uh, Owning reptiles was considered to be a really exotic and um, thing. I mean, it, it, it was like you know, it, it, people raised their eyebrows when they said you know that they uh, kept reptiles, uh, and it was stereotypical here in the U.S. Anyway, at least in my area in California, people always associated, um, and and again, it's a stereotype thing where they always associated. Um, you know, biker guys with tattoos all over their bodies and, you know, and those are the guys that, you know, like reptiles. Well, that's not the case. And that's not how it started, anyway. No, well, no. But but what I'm saying is that was the, uh, that was the stereotypical uh, image of reptile keepers. Uh, and, then, and, then, and then people say, we're thinking, oh my gosh, people actually breed them. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. of course we do. We don't, you know. Um, but but I think that that's gone now. Um, you see all kinds of people uh, that are interested in reptiles and especially geckos. And I I know people, many. Some of them are my children, <clears throat> and my husband, <clears throat> and my grandchildren. Who, uh, you know, they they just don't. It, it doesn't float their boat. It it really is not something that. I mean, but but they like to brag about their grandma, who's you know a, a reptile breeder, and then people go, "Whoa, your grandma breeds reptiles! Wow, that's pretty cool," you know. And and but I've I've known people who are don't like reptiles. They they have for for whatever reason. I think it's a learned behavior. I really don't think that we're born with an inherent fear of reptiles. I think that we're we learn it, at, you know, from our parents as little children. You know, that might bite you, or oh, and you always think of venomous. But um, but even people who don't like 
per se, reptiles in general will get over it when they see a leopard gecko or a crested mm-hmm. gecko. Mm-hmm. They get over it. When they see how personable and beautiful and, uh, you know, what character that each of these individual animals have and those eyes and you just you just melt. So even people who were, you know, bona fide, you know, anti-reptile people uh, have come around um, with the introduction of uh, this, you know, the, those main species, which would be uh, leopard geckos, uh, crested geckos, and maybe even fat-tailed geckos. They 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 finally broke out of their, uh, you know, preconceived notions and just said, "Oh my gosh, they are amazing." One of the mm-hmm. best, one of the best pets I've ever, in, 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 you know, had, or my kids have ever had. And so, it's and and Rebecca hit on this in her last, you know, um, part of her conversation was that uh, the education part of it. I think that a lot of it is from lack of education and and misinformation um, that is, you know. Well, I mean, we're still fighting it. Look at what U.S. ARC does for us every day. I mean, um, people are still got this thing in their head about, you know, reptiles. And But when, when people like Rebecca writes her articles and she posts pictures and she shares her knowledge and the beauty of her animals, uh, and with me, I mean, I give talks at shows, I've written articles myself, I... Um, I think that education, educating people is, has, is, and has, has and is and will be the, the one thing that really makes the difference. And that's a good point. And, and, Rebecca, do you think from your perspective, and I know in Germany things may be slightly different, but what do you think the overall image of gecko owners or even the reptile community is uh, to people that don't own reptiles. What do you think our image is out there right now? I'm afraid it's not the best image right now. Um, I make the experience that, and this is what the saddest point, that not the, the general public has, get, has, uh, yeah, has gotten a bad picture of the reptile community, but also the authorities. I mean, many veterinarians and many people that work in the reptile stations, if you talk with them, and I mean, I'm studying veterinary medicine, so of course I'm interested in, you know, getting the latest results, um, going to uh, official veterinary conferences about exotic reptiles. So I want to stay updated, and there I meet those people, and of course I'm always happy to get in contact with them and ask them. And I get the feeling many are frustrated. Of course there are, and this is a fact. From their perspective, they are getting a lot of animals that need to be rehomed because the owners, you know, purchase them and then decide after a half year or an, a year or another they don't want to care for them anymore. But I think, on the other hand, we have to see the reptiles, the numbers in comparison to other numbers. There is, I don't want to excuse anything here. There are and will be always people that we don't want as a, to see as reptile keepers. I mean, there are many people that in our hobby today that you, uh, David or Marsha, would agree with me that, that we all of us 
three persons would never consider to sell one of our animals. And mm-hmm. on the uh, and, and we don't do it. But yeah, I mean, if you want to purchase a gun, you can you can get one sooner or later. If you want a gecko, maybe you won't get one from me and, and from you two guys. But if you're looking around, you'll find one sooner or later. So um, I mean, there is no safe way. I mean, we are living in the real world. There is no way you can force um, everybody, you know, to um, to do exactly what you predict, whether it's your best intention or not. So I think um, uh, there will be always people that, you know, don't let our hobby shine in our best light, but there are always people like like here tonight on this show or so many other listeners out there who are really passionate and, and considerate and really, you know, worried about their animals whenever there is something wrong, they're taking them to the vets and so on and so forth. And what I want to say is that, of course, I can understand those people when they say, you know, there are so many animals that we get back, people shouldn't be keeping reptiles at all. We are getting them back in so great numbers. But on the other hand, how many dogs and cats and horses are looking for Very a Very good point. This Very is happening good point, all Rebecca. over again. How many children are neglected by their parents? I mean, I'm sorry. This is happening over and over again. It's not new, and it will never be old, and it will always be a topic, you know, concerning our society that there are people in this world who don't consider an, a human life or another life, an animal, as, you know, as important as their own. And they will always do things that we don't appreciate or that we don't agree with. However, I don't think it is really fair for all the wonderful people in this hobby and for all the children that can, be- can really benefit from having a reptile as a pet or uh, the many people like me that grew up with it. I mean, I have made so many wonderful experiences about life, about valuing life and valuing nature and understanding ecosystems just from keeping those animals and sharing this joy with others and having parents that really believed in me and that supported me. And if, if I you know, wouldn't be able to take in care of, of the animal, they would have stepped in. I mean, you have to give people a chance. If we are living in a worldwide society, in, in brackets, so to speak, that, you know, wants to control everything, and we are not allowed to do anything anymore just because one person or two person might do something that we would never do. I don't think this is fair, and I don't think that society can live this way. Um, there has to be a possibility for us keeping and enjoying uh, our reptiles as our pets and what I also really, uh, sorry for a long speech, and a point that is really bothering me really, really much, and I think it's so important to speak it out. Uh, we have in Germany especially some um, animal protection groups that are argumenting that reptiles are not uh, domesticated animals. I'm breeding leopard geckos for not so long. If, if you compare it to horses or cats or dog breeds, my animals are, and everybody that has animals from me, and, and 90% of other leopard breeders alike um, will agree here that you can selectively influence the character the behavior of the animal, and my animals are so tame. They are born, and they stick on your hand. They don't show any reactions. They trust you right from the start. So um, I see the same happening when I talk with snake persons, 
with lizard persons. Some monitors are really, really adaptive, you know, and, and really clever. So um, this process of domesticating has already started. It has already, you know, begun a long time ago. I don't know what's the point of trying to ban reptiles as an argument by claiming they are not, you know, domesticated or they can't be domesticated. They are. It's already happening right now. There's enough evidence there to prove it. I don't see the point in here. I'm sorry. So. Well, well, I, I agree with you. Let me ask I, you I, let I me totally ask you. agree. I'm sorry, let Dave. Let me ask you both this. No, that's all right. Let me ask you both this. How many years of captive breeding or um, selective breeding does it take for an animal to be considered domesticated? Is there a time frame or is it a, a public No, there's not a time it, frame. It depends on the individual animal and their, and their level of intelligence and their inherent ability to interact with a species other than their own. Well, then who decides um, when, they're, when they're domesticated or not? Who makes that decision? Well, okay, let me just put this out there. How many people... Yeah, I do too. Uh, Very much so. How many people keep uh, uh, aquariums and fish? Very expensive fish. (laughs) Are they considered domesticated because they're in a tank? Hmm. Or not? Why is that okay and it's not okay um, for other animals? Every single animal we have today in our lives, whether it be of a pet a nature or of a working nature uh, or even, I hate to mention it, but even as a source of food right. was domesticated at one point. <laughs> well, you because, know, of all the different, because of all the different colors and patterns that are so far from what a normal gecko would look, leopard, let's take leopard geckos for instance, Not, there are other species that we can't talk about as far as domestication in this matter, but you know, as far as leopard geckos go, these the ones that many of us work with are so far from what they naturally look like. Now to me, you know cows that are bred for milk and food don't look anything like the, the wild what are they called? Yaks or whatever. I mean, that water buffaloes or yaks or water. other. Right, right, exactly. So, so but yet, they, but yet, they, people, people in China and northern Asia, northeastern well, Asia, they well, yeah, but still, they they have they have domesticated their you know their uh, their bovine. Uh, you know, uh, indigenous bovine animals to the point right. where they are, I mean, they don't come up and, you know, play with you or come when you call them. Well, some do. Uh, they don't roll over and do tricks and stuff like that, but they are domesticated in that, that they, over the time, over the over the time that, that human beings have interacted with them for whatever purpose, have become Tolerant at first, and then as time goes by, you know they—they they, I would consider them domesticated. In other words, they are comfortable interacting with a species other than themselves. I All mean, right. well, uh, 
I would yeah, just like to step to... in here for a second and make it Go very ahead. clear, and I think I can speak for all of us here, that none of us, you know, has anything against a respectful and um, handling of those animals, and we all uh, would love to see, you know, all the animals in the scene in responsible hands. So I'm sure you, David, and also Marsha, you've contributed already so much as a person to this hobby. You have, I mean, we were both on Gecko forums and I've watched your post and I've learned so much from you and you were one of the, the, the persons, you know, to support literally everybody looking for help. And, and, you know, um, so I think I find it really fair and important to say here that we all here love and deeply care for our animals. And, yes. and we would never, ever, you know, want to, to um, stand in the way for any useful regulation or any useful process in, um, you know, making this hobby more responsible. But on the other hand, if we compare the statistics, at least in Europe, reptiles do make such a small percentage in all the animal shelters um, compared to dogs and cats. So I really think that it is, we, we, we should, you know, see it from the realistic perspective and not so much listen to people that abuse reptiles for their need of you know, I don't know, political power well, influence yeah, or yeah. whatever, and turning, right. you know, a leopard gecko into a matter of hysteria. I mean, there are so many non-venomous and, and really nice and calm and gentle species that can be handled without any consideration from a respectful person. So, um, as a, yeah, from the veterinarian standpoint, I would really, really love um, to see um, you know, a, a little bit more diverse or, um, yeah. Well, um, uh, I have a question a standpoint for you. from a loving eye, you know, not only yes. seeing the bad side of it, but seeing so many people here. I mean, I own some of my leopard geckos longer than I own my own dog. So yeah. who decides how dear this gecko right. is to me and how much damage it would do if you take it away from me? I mean, right. and, and also I many think, other persons. I think, I think it boils down to one word, ignorance. I'm not sure. I mean, I can see that um, many of the problems are caused by, by the media, and I can see that, that some of the, you know, um, points that are, you know, in discussion right now definitely um, – need to be talked about and need to be addressed. Yeah. However, I think, and I really, that this would be my, just my personal feeling. And, you know, I don't want to, um, um, yeah, provoke anybody here in this video, in, in this interview. I just, you know, this is just my personal feeling as a reptile owner and lover and as a student of veterinary medicine. I would just love to see that there will be a possibility for our whole scene, you know, to evolve to a higher level. And I would really love for the authorities to see the persons who really doing their job and love their animals, you know, just to see them with a more loving eye. As for the yeah. persons that they are, loving pet owners. We are not monster keepers. We are keepers of our, no. of our pets. 
beautiful, beautiful, gentle creatures. Yeah, that's what they are, and they're so tiny. I mean, my cat could cause more damage than one of my leopard geckos if it escapes. I mean, this is what I would like to, you know, uh, pass um, 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 to the people out there. And and, um, I think, on the other hand, I mean, we also, as as a scene, need to take this, you know, points very serious and have to think about how we can change this uh, image that we are all going through. And, and it begins with every one of us, everything Absolutely. you write on Facebook, everything you, you do. You can't just stumble into the hobby, you know, acquiring tons of animals and then wonder why people will think bad of you. This is not the way it should be and it's not the right way with with dogs and cats and many things in life and it certainly is not the right way of starting with reptiles so uh, please be aware on your own part in the gigantic uh, gigantic puzzle uh, um yeah of 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 our hobby so every everybody counts everybody it, can you're make right a rebecca absolutely every single one of us counts I agree. And why don't we take a phone call? We have uh, Gecko Nation Radio's biggest fan, Elsa, on the line. Elsa, what can we do for you tonight? I was wondering, uh, Rebecca, is anybody in the United States working with your lavender project? Um, Not yet right now, (laughs) I'm afraid. No, as I said, we are so small and, yeah, I have not, you know, really released any of the uh, lavender stuff. At, at least from from the projects that we uh, work with currently. So, yeah, right now there is none. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, thanks, Elsa. You're welcome. Yeah, I think one of the things is that people that the people don't realize, and I have to deal with this on, myself uh, with uh, my European um, customer base, is that the expense to get yeah. ge- geckos to and from Europe is tremendous. Well, mm, I mean, I think it's not really. Better. It I depends. Mean, it doesn't have to be, but it is. Um, well, I just shipped geckos to to Rebecca, and it, what did it cost? Fifty dollars per gecko? Yeah, I think it's manageable if somebody really well, wants. Well, you know. I agree. I, I I agree. I think that that when you when when you sit and spell it out, uh, that you know, you know what we're doing is we're booking space on a jet that is an international jet, and that is not cheap. I mean, it's so. I would I would like to add here that the more important thing maybe when when we're talking about money I think and and about the scene and responsibility I think many people underestimate how much it really costs right to run a good breeding even as a as a hobby breeder it doesn't make sense you know um yeah to to start and then you know realizing a half year later you don't have the money for doing this i mean nobody of of uh of even the professional breeders can get rich and and driving his you know five cars or something i mean this is and for the hobbyist breeder like me it's like i mean i literally i can't be happy if if i can cover 
most of the expenses because we we do regularly health tests on all the animals. I mean, from mm-hmm. yeah, from my background, it's the only way I feel comfortable with. And so this does cost you a fortune. I mean, testing uh, um, the animals on a regular basis is really, really expensive, and you have to do so many things, and um, you don't get anything back in in financial terms so no. uh, so often so it is really you know for the love of of the animals and if you don't really love what you're doing you're better off working at McDonald's or something yeah right okay no i'm 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 making you know advertising you know no, whatever. I understand, but, but <laughs> and i'm not getting even paid for it oh no but Things Rebecca, for us to ship okay i live in on the west coast in the san francisco bay uh, for me to ship a gecko to Pennsylvania, where da- let's say we're, I'm just using that as an example for David, depending on the box size and weight, could be cost upward of sixty to ninety dollars. Yeah, just sure. to ship just to ship yeah. from one yeah. you know one side of the country to the other. And so to get if we can get animals to Europe for fifty to seventy five dollars, that's about what we that's about what we pay for domestic shipping. But I use Western I mean, Express and they're the cheapest around yeah, and I think, customer I think service, so really I mean, yeah, most yeah. Most of the breeders I know also, you know, cover a part of of the shipping cost themselves right. to make it even possible. So it's not self-understanding to, you know, to do this hobby and 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 you know, getting um, a financial return. In in my case, I have not seen it because um, I mean, Marsha, you will agree here. Racks are so expensive. Terrariums are so expensive if you build them, and and you have to, you know. Um, make sure the animals are getting the, clin- the, the clinical vet visits when they need it to. This can be very costly. Well, and, and um, feeding costs. So, I don't so, know what is involved in Europe in feeding costs. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. But at my peak, when I had over 300, 400 animals that I needed to feed, I mean, I was spending at least $300 yeah. a yeah. week on And that's feeding. it. I mean, one gecko obviously Not to doesn't have a fortune. Yeah, and that's right. the point exactly here. One gecko does not cost you a fortune, but a large collection does. And many people that I see in the hobby are literally rushing into it. They are buying so many animals. And this might also be a fact that people are seeing or seen with some criticism. I mean, honestly, most of the people, when I was stepping into the hobby as a teenager myself, were just the normal keepers. They had one or two or three, and that was it, a very small collection, and they enjoyed them and, you know, just handled them as, as their pets, and now everybody's rushing into breeding, and I don't want to, to discourage any a future uh, a breeder here, on the contrary. But please, um, uh, we are all here to help you out in this. We have made the experience how costly it can be and and what, you know, uh, stages are um, more likely in, 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 in a breeder career to, to cost you more or whatever and what can happen if you're not experienced, you're making mistakes. So, of course, this is also a reason why the first years are much more of an investment than 
uh, later years, but still you have regular costs and and uh, well, you cannot has really to be a realistic approach. And yeah, you know, when this you're coming into it, like when I did, there was nothing to compare it to. We didn't even have the internet, or, or very few people had the internet. Yeah, uh, so I think this so, would be my tip for the future, and and. Uh, as this is a ladies' night talk, I really want to draw back the, peop- the, the topic on the, the team. I want to <laughs> encourage all the you know men and women that are interested in, in, in our hobby and are already in the hobby to please be aware on how your actions you know um, not only affect you, but uh, also in financial terms. I mean, you know, getting 50 geckos and then needing to, to take them all to the vet can be really frustrating experience and sometimes more than a person can handle. So please uh, do your research and don't hesitate to ask people and and uh, listen to That's the show right. and share the knowledge and make sure to do your part as well so we can all enjoy this hobby for hopefully a long, long time. Bravo. Very well said, Rebecca. Very oh, well. I mean, that was, <laughs> you're absolutely right. And there are people out there, like Rebecca, myself, David. I mean, look what David has, you know, contributed to the community, um, not only by his presence on Facebook, but on this very radio program. I mean, oh, he's stop. giving back to the community. Oh, hush. Absolutely. And, and, and bringing people on uh, to hear different perspectives on things. This is education, and this is... This this is something, um, and I hate I just hate to go say how it was in the olden days, but we had no way to research. Myself, when I started out, I made so many mistakes, and some of them were very tragic because there wasn't the resources. There were not the resources uh, online or especially on the radio or anything else for us to, you know, for us to refer to. It was, we went by gut gut instinct. Fortunately, gut instinct, you know, prevailed over inexperience and ignorance. And But the thing is that there is no reason, none today, uh, why any new person into this hobby and potentially into the business can't uh, utilize the resources that there are out there, not just in forums, not just on Facebook, but voice to voice, like like what Rebecca is doing tonight and, and how she's expressing her feelings and her passion, and myself. I, I've, I have always prided myself in the fact that I'm accessible. Yeah. And, I, and I think that is important. And if, if we can utilize, you know, that experience and that accessibility, uh, you know, the future of this, hobby can actually do a turnaround you know i think the problems that we experience are some there are there are so many controversial or uh or or ambiguous uh inf- information out there 
and it takes a while to sort it out to see which one works best or makes the most sense or whatever. But, but um, you know, it is only through, you know, teaching, sharing information and being accessible uh, that we can help, you know, the people that are coming on board now. Because, you know what, I'm, I'm retiring. I think the world knows that. Um, and I'm not saying I'm the only person in the whole world, <laughs> you know, that can give the proper answers or anything. But I, I'm going to be less accessible as time goes by. And so I think it's important for people to buck up and rely on the the people uh like Rebecca, myself, David, and and I can name a bunch Julie for example. I mean, she's written books and articles. She is a plethora of information and she's very accessible. There are people out there who care deeply. Not just you know, oh my gosh, my sales are down this month. They actually care. They care well, about you know the what? animals. It's passion. They care about you know, the people a lot of us, who. A lot of us are looking for ways to, you know, to share our passion for this, and mm-hmm. you know, and the way to do it is to help others. I mean, you know, to teach others. You know, a lot of us are teachers, and we want to, you know, teach others how to do this the right way. I mean. There's and we got a, we do have a lot of great people coming into this, Marshall. Like you were saying, I I can we see do new, I can see I can see new breeders starting to come up through the ranks. I, I get excited great. a lot of times when I start dealing with somebody who's newly embracing you know the gecko community, and they're not just out there on an acquisition you know quest to have one yeah. of every color, one of every morph, and one of every and then and then all of a sudden. They haven't even kept a leopard gecko, much less 30 or 40 very expensive ones, and then breeding season hits. And, you know, they haven't thought through, first of all, how am I going to house them? How am I going to feed them? How am I going to take care of all of these creatures? And then on top of that, what am I going to do with these animals? When the, the market out there is, it, it appears to be so saturated, which it is. And how do new people glean the information of the respectable people that um, that are passionate, that have good ethic, um, who truly care about the animals and the community that keeps them? Um, it's hard. I think this is a very, very important point, Marsha, that that you just said. And I want to um, stress this point again for all the people who um, are considering, you know, uh, breeding. I know breeding can be one of the most, um, yeah, um, uh, delightful experiences in in your life. Very you know, rewarding. Being responsible and very rewarding. On yes. the other hand, we have the problem for some years, and now you know we are raising the tip of the iceberg. I think so. I feel that the market is saturated completely, which makes you know the prices for the animals drop, and this is not bad for the breeders, but bad for the animals because I made the experience. 
that for many people, an animal, and this is not just for reptiles, for many people, an animal is worth what they pay for. And I mean, many people will now, you know, jump in and scream, no, it's not me. Yeah, of course, maybe it's not you. But if you're working in the field of, of you know, animal health care and you're talking with people who do and who did so many years ago, uh, you will get the same and same feeling and answers over and over again. So it is a common problem in society. So no criticism on a single person here that, of course, um, it's easier to acquire an animal than, you know, paying the bills on the constant health care. And I know that. And I, it, it, it's not, you know, um, said now in a, in a way to criticize people, but we have to be aware of that. Ta talking again about responsibility as male and female breeders alike. So um, I think what there is always, you know, um, a smart way doing things and, uh, certainly, you, as a person interested in, in, in breeding, can do so. Um, and the smart way to do, at least that's what I would do if I would start all over again, would be you know, to contact a serious breeder and ask him for his advice, how you can manage, and he will give you some tips in detail about how many animals are safe to produce in the first year or second year, how you can evaluate and check for yourself if you, you know, um, are uh, getting the, the feedback from, from people so you can be sure to place every animal in the right responsible hands, and that's the way to do. So you can be and become a successful breeder in the future. It's just about how to do it. And the question is, every new breeder in, that, that wants to step into the hobby really needs to breed 100 geckos or more a year. I mean, this is totally crazy, and this is totally beside the point of, of breeding. Breeding is improving. Breeding is about quality and enjoying life. How can you enjoy life if you're totally overwhelmed by, you know, feeding and caring and housing for 100 young if, if you just have the capacity to care for two or five? I mean, this right. is what we have to consider, and this is what we have to address. We want new breeders in the hobby. We, we do. Uh, we do. certainly need new people in the hobby. We welcome everybody who loves these animals and wants to care for them. But if you're thinking about care, then please also care for your breeder females. Care about the stress you put them in. If you, you know, and the males them, too, Rebecca. The, like laying people hands. don't realize how much stress the males are under during breeding yeah, season sure. as well. This is why I said separate yeah. them and this is why not every right. I mean this is actually why I have so few offspring every year while I on the on the same side and on the same side had at least in the last years more breeders than I had young every year because I wanted every female to have a break every second year they are not laying hands they are not chicken it, you know right. you, you abuse they're not for they're a, not factories they're not uh they you are know, we are, not, we are not. We are not. We are not gecko uh, mills. Yes, right. exactly. We, we, and as a hobbyist breeder, I do not depend on selling a gecko. I'm sorry. And this is why, why people get frustrated <laughs> if they think I depend so much on the 50 euros that I need Listen, to sell to them if, if they just I say yes. If I depended on how much money I made in the last 20 years uh, as a gecko breeder. Uh, I, I would have jumped out years ago. 
Yeah, me too. This that is, was not my motivation. Not something that, you know, is is, is about uh, the income because there is no income otherwise. Yeah. But, you know, uh, that, I that think, Rebecca, cool. people see on other people's websites or pay, Facebook pages or on uh, online someplace, they see how the price tag on these geckos. Do they and see I the thousands that, of euros you have to pay into But they don't think year? that. They Do think, they oh, my gosh, that many I people, can you make know, that money. Yeah, and, and let, let's talk about professionality. I mean, I was criticized that my homepage looks so professional, and this really hits me so hard because – this homepage was built many, many years. In, it's a work in progress for many years. And um, my uh, friend, uh, Martina, and I, we have done literally 90% everything ourselves. And we had a very nice friend who, you know, donated the, the homepage service, you know, putting our ideas online for us. But all the rest, all the texts are from me. You know, mm-hmm. the pictures mm-hmm. are from me. The geckos are bred by me or purchased, okay, for, you know, from, from serious breeders for, you know, a good amount of money. So um, this is all hard work. And I did it, yeah, also to, you know, I really had the dream or the vision of using the results of my breeding for later, you know, uh, um, final exam. And mm-hmm. this is now all, I'm not sure, yeah, also, I mean, so many things in life can change and you cannot always count on on people like Marsha or Rebecca or David or whoever, you know, to do the job for you. I mean, I don't know how long I, yeah, will be, you know, even keeping geckos because the situation is, is sometimes getting crazy and if people are criticizing you for doing your job in a good way this is getting so frustrating that you might think at one point or another okay maybe you know i don't know no, no, no. It anymore you don't think like that stop that i don't like hearing <laughs> no, no i no, just no, want to express always... that many people you know i agree they, with david for granted, rebecca and... you and i need to talk okay no don't worry know. it's all right but it's just you know we all are in this together, and we all play our part in, you know, how this hobby evolves and, and carries on for the future. So mm-hmm. and nobody of us, including me, can count on everybody else doing the job. There can be also, you know, dramas in life. There can be sicknesses, allergies, illnesses, losses of home, whatever uh, um, that, that, you know, may lead to the decision um, to to step out of the hobby. So oh my um, gosh, if one or I two am, persons that like is, us that are is doing m- the job and everybody yes, is just it, listening, we are not me. coming yeah. any further. So the, the the main thing of all of us people here, you know, uh, wasting their time for free is that the hope that some people here, you know, might find this useful and educational and and. Um, open their hearts for a change and, and you know, step into well, and, and follow. That's why we're still on the air. We have hundreds and I would even think thousands of people are listening regularly now because the downloads are just yeah, racking so. up big time. <laughs> but they will. <laughs> they, they will. But but I well, want to stop. And I just want to stop for a second, David. I want to stop for just one second. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Let me stop everything right now just for a second. Okay. 
And this is for all the listeners and people that will be listening when they download the podcast who are not listening live at this moment. I want to Mm -hmm. ask you all to search yourself and your own hearts and your own minds and answer the question, are there breeders out there that are passionate that care and love their animals and care and love the community that supports the the things that we love. That's all I want you to do is stop and ask yourself, if at, at this very moment, whenever you're listening to this, to stop for a second and listen to what what David says and what he has is it has and is doing for this community to stop for a second and really not only just listen i mean to hear hearing is one thing listening is when you take it to heart to listen to what rebecca is saying about what does it take you know to be a breeder i want you to stop and 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 listen to what i have to say too and that is that if I were in this for money, if I were in this for any other reason, um, would I still be around? Right. Just, I just want to kind of just throw that out there. Can you hear, can you people hear the passion and love in Rebecca's voice? I know she's she's definitely got it. Um, can you a, can people stop and realize and and really understand what David is providing this community? Well, Marcia, I'm I'm not good with flattery, but I appreciate. I, I know what you're saying. Well, I, I'm, I'm really I don't want people to. I I do this because I love it. But that's the spirit of Christmas. I totally it. love it, and I want to thank you both so very, very much. And it's an ex- a, a really special and great honor doing this show with Marsha. She is my role model and always has been, and I wouldn't be here if it wouldn't be for her and and Kelly and some other great, you know, male and female breeders alike. So if you're thinking about whether to do business with a male or a female breeder, (laughs) which is kind of going back to the beginning of this, I think and I hope that all of you listeners and all of you people that will will be listening to the podcast when they download it can really take to heart everything that Rebecca is saying, everything that I have said, and the platform in which we can't press that through gecko you know through gecko nation radio because of david's love and passion well, that's all, what it's going to take people that's what it's going to take you got to give credit to and, Tim and Steve because they're a big part of the show too so absolutely you know, it's, it's a, I, I, yeah i can't name difference. everybody but you know forgive me but you're there <laughs> Those people are there, absolutely. Well, I'll keep doing it as long as I can, and I just I feel it's important, and I also feel like, you know, as 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 much as we have a lot of listeners and a lot of downloads, I have a feeling this resource is going to be appreciated even more 
years from now when it's over and done with, people are going to want to go back and want to going to want to hear this history. And and we're we're actually you know documenting history right now and what's going on during absolutely. This time. And you know what? I I'm speaking from an old lady. Okay, I mean every you guys all know I'm old. Okay, I'm old. I just by the way, you're have, older. Well, I, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> You're overpowered, David. The, the, the uh, women take over now. A cougar would mean that I'd be willing to support you and your whole gecko project just for uh, being seen with hanging on your arm or whatever. But no, no, no. What I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is that you know, I, I just I became you, a great. I love you too, David. But I just became a great. Grandmother. What this means is that my oldest yeah. granddaughter is now a mother. And I have my first great grandchild that was born um, three weeks ago, Friday, last Friday. And I, instead of being ashamed or embarrassed about my age or, gosh, being in this business for 20 years, or it doesn't matter, I am thrilled and blessed beyond words to to be able to experience the things I've experienced in my life. And the one of the biggest, one of the biggest and most important is my love and passion for the geckos and for the other people that are listening and David and Rebecca, you know, and everybody else involved in this radio program. I couldn't be more honored to be a part of that. And that's when you're thinking about getting into a leopard gecko business, that's what you need to focus on. More than anything, knowledge. Knowledge. Yeah. Absolutely. Very I know, well Rebecca, said. you said, I know it's very late for you, and I know you said you wanted to give us an hour of your time. Um, did you want to stay on it? Did you want to uh, get going, Rebecca? I'll stay on. It's my Christmas present to, to the Gecko Nation. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go to bed yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to get up All early right. tomorrow. I'll be totally crushed. Well, that's anyway. tomorrow. That's after you wake up. You know, yeah. we're talking about it now. <laughs> All right. Well, let me let me play a quick sponsor plug, and we'll come right back. Okay. Okay. All right. Hang tight, folks. Gecko Nation Radio is a David's Fine Geckos creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by Gecko Boa Reptiles is your source for the highest quality leopard gecko morphs and wild types, from white and yellows to radars, amazing tremper morphs, and rare subspecies. John is a world-class breeder and extremely knowledgeable. If you're looking for something truly special in geckos, contact John Scarborough at geckoboa.com and on Facebook. Rainbow Mealworms is the largest worm grower in the world and selling to the public since 1956. If you need the highest quality mealworms, superworms, and crickets, 
for your pets, contact them at www.rainbowmealworms.net. Ron Tremper is the biggest contributor to leopard gecko morph making. Known worldwide for his amazing examples of living art, you can now download his Leopard Gecko Care app, his Morph Encyclopedia app called Leopard Gecko Pro, and visit his site, leopardgecko.com, to see where morphs are made. Supreme Gecko is a great source for crested geckos, day geckos, and other species, including micro geckos. Wally Kern is a top-notch breeder and gecko enthusiast. Visit SupremeGecko.com for his available animals and supplies. ABDragons.com is your source for the highest quality doobie roaches, whether you're starting a colony of your own or just need feeders for your insect-eating herps. ABDragons.com can't be beat in quality or price. They are also a huge distributor of FlexWatt reptile heat tape and have very competitive pricing. Check out ABDragons.com online and on Facebook. All right, folks, we are back, and um, we're back with uh, Marshall McGinnis of Golden Gate Geckos and Rebecca Hassler of Raccoon Gecko. Welcome back, ladies. Wow, we really we really talked about some really serious, passionate issues in the last hour of the show, and I'm thinking we go for another 20 minutes or so, and let's talk about some fun stuff. Um, Rebecca, why don't you tell us, uh, give us any of your fun experiences that you've had so far with your with your geckos and your gecko operation. Funny experience. Oh my god. It would <laughs> take more than twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I love this hobby so very, very much. I mean, yeah, honestly I, I really need to say that I feel deeply blessed to have um a lot of nice colleagues in, in, in the German reptile scene and, and in the last years we have really, you know, come together more closely and most of them are men and I'm one yeah, maybe probably the only women in the club that is a breeder, you know herself and and, and but yeah, there might be a few others. If I forget them I'm really sorry right now. <laughs> Don't feel offended. I'm just also getting old so yeah. <laughs> um I don't no, want to hear um, it, Rebecca. I really don't want to hear how old you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> it's called, you know, juvenile amnesia. It's, 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 um, well, with me, it's called senile amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic, Jurassic amnesia. Okay, but no, I, I want... <laughs> I want to say that, that yeah, I, I made the ex- overall experience that they... I was not. Re- I, I do not really have the feeling that I was treated different because I'm a woman. I don't think that I would have been treated different, so much different, if if I would have been a man. Because yeah, I'm an outgoing person for the first reason, and then I'm also not, you know, interested in having quarrels or discussions in, in a negative form. I also um, very focused on constructive, you know, feedback and, and mm-hmm. uh, support and getting the community together long before all this um, um, bad, um, uh, yeah, publicity in the media started. So I was always a team player. I always have. I've always been. Of yes, course, ma'am. you have to draw a line somewhere and protect yourself from, you know, um, tries of of people to to harm you. But I mean, this is this has not really been the case. 
but uh, yeah, I have to say I, I made so wonderful experiences, and I really cherish my my um, other colleagues, and they are really always, I mean, treated me respectful and and as one of their own. I really felt like part, or I, I really uh, start to feel like part of a of a clan of the family so this is really a a very overall positive experience i definitely can encourage women that are listening right now to to join our community it is a really you know it can be a really fun and rewarding community and if you meet face to face you're seen as the person that you are and all the differences they don't matter anymore, and everything that you experience right now on Facebook, etc. If you're tired of it, then please step out of Facebook and into the shows and into the you know private contact because the private contact has always been such a positive experience for me, and I've met so many wonderful people and and have made so many friendships and nice contacts and and you know uh, really um, had the pleasure of you know, experiencing um, really, um, yeah, how can I say, um, high-quality conversations that change your mind, your perspective on things, and and get you further in your goals. You have so much support. I mean, I remember that one breeder of us, um, he lost his animals um, two years ago due to a fire or something, so... Uh, me and some others, we all donated animals to him Absolutely, for free. Absolutely, yes. And we didn't even expect something back. It was not like, yeah, okay, um, I send you this animal and just that you post it on Facebook and write, oh, thank you, Rebecca, I never got that. But that was not the purpose. The purpose was to help a colleague in need. So mm-hmm. uh, this is, I think this is closing the circle. If you want to step in and you want to have fun, you really have to do it for the love of the animals and the love of the hobby, and then you will get rewarded tenth the time and and uh, things and the networking of the networking of people that you can trust that you can relate to people who are aligned with your thinking and your values and your ethics you know associate yourself with the positive yeah definitely because you, what you send out, you will attract. I always send it out. This, yes. Okay, I'm open for discussion. I'm your friend. I'm not your enemy. And we can gain so much more if we just, you know, cooperate and help each other out. And then I gathered exactly those kind of people around me. And, and other people feel attracted and join this circle, too. So, you know, you're you're acting. Every single one of you has the power to act in our community like a magnet if you just believe in your own power. If you focus on negativity, that's what you will get, and it will be your choice, not other people, you know, doing you harm or something. You, you really need to get away of this perception because it doesn't bring you any further. You are responsible for your life. You are your own register of your own movie, and if you want a happy ending, <laughs> you need to, you know, Wish for a happy ending and, and send that message out, and, and you will get loving people around you. And yes, overall but not, positive it goes experience. farther than that. Rebecca, you know it does. It goes farther than that. Because if that's, how you, if that's what you subscribe to, it helps the community. Sure. 
Let's say, let's say we have a caller on the line. Let's take a call. Barbara from Florida. You're live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hi, David. How are you? Good. How are you, Barbara? I'm fine. I just want to say I am, like, so enamored with the two women that you have on the on the show. I'm, I'm not a breeder. I'm a, a pet-only kind of person, as you know. And um, mm-hmm. those two... Um, I I didn't take their names down. I I can't relate that, but right now Rebecca, Rebecca and uh, Marsha and Marsha, Marcia, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, they're fantastic, and uh, what a passion! I'm right? loving. Whoa, I'm loving everything that they have to say, and and I'm very happy with their positive message. Um, the reason I'm calling is I just wanted to just to to put out a, a, just a couple of thoughts. One thing is, I I do agree the uh, market, uh, just from a sales perspective, is saturated. You have oh boy, like, yeah, uh, right. Uh, so you have like Craigslist, and you have people who have no business being in the business, and I and I say that quite bluntly and honestly. Um, I know this, just going around pet stores and and the kids who work in the stores are breeding and I want to breed this one with this one and they don't know what they're doing and and all of a sudden they're they don't they just don't know what they're doing okay so that educational piece that everyone is like pushing forward for which is kind of the uh dagger or the uh the thing that is separating uh the good, the bad, and the ugly, so to speak. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. I would um, be good and ugly, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, you're probably gorgeous. <laughs> Silly girl. She is. Okay. <laughs> I bet she is. <laughs> anyway, I, um, I, all right, all right. So anyway, I just think numero uno, educational resources are you Puno. Bet. Okay? You I'm Hit right the nail there on the head, with Barbara. That. Now, listen, I have uh, been one of those uh, creepy crawler people that uh, have been harassed, so to speak, on some uh, groups, so to speak. And, uh, yes, I have learned through my mistakes. And much kudos to the group because uh, with David and a few others, you know, I just took the knowledge I had, and I bought books, and I researched, and I did all that stuff. I still made mistakes. Absolutely. Yes, we do. I did not know the whole darn thing. Like even today, uh, for example, yesterday actually, I had this little baby I got, uh, and she was walking on her paper substrate, and she got stuck. I'm like, oh, my God, is there something wrong with her leg? And, like, I'm like, oh, my God. So I took a better look, and uh, she had shed on one toe. And mm-hmm. it got stuck to the paper mm-hmm. substrate. This mm-hmm. is, like, micro stuff. This is stuff that unless you talk and unless you watch, unless you experience, you don't get it. Okay? Who the heck is going to watch, like, the way I was? I'm disabled, so I'm home all day long, and I watch everything. <laughs> And all night long, I, I get up in the middle of the night. I'm like, what are they doing? Are oh, you, you live my life, Barbara. I'm a nu- <laughs> I know, I know. David, I'm what do you think too, about And you know, I know exactly doing, uh, what you're saying, yes. <laughs> no, I do. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nurturer. I, I, 
I learned. I, I lost so many, and I had. I bought from the pet store. I had the cryptos from that thing, and she wiped out my whole group. Mm. The, one, the one thing yeah. did I know? Oh, I did that not is know. tragic. No, it was that horrible. That is a tragedy. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't know until I got into the Gecko Nation group to know and to understand, like, what could this be? And I talked to David. I'm like, you know, he's like, send me a picture of the, you know, the droppings mm-hmm. or whatever. And and I'm like, what kind of people do this? So Barbara, when you what, say, what do you feel? Um, do you also feel that, you know, Facebook is sometimes not enough for, for people? <laughs> Don't you think I am we totally would need a Gecko Nation radio personal <laughs> meeting every year? <laughs> I'm disabled, so I'm lucky I get to the grocery store. So when it comes to social media, it's a good thing for me, and people like me. Okay, so I'm only speaking for a, a minority of people. Um, I would love to go to a show or, or you know, meet everybody face-to-face. I would love that, but I, I can't do that. Um, like I said, I'm lucky I get to the grocery store and get my food. So uh, that's not an option for me. And, oh, by the way, Rainbow Mealworms has been an, a wonderful addition to my life. Good. I don't have to go to the pet store anymore. Good. I don't have to do it oh, now. yeah. Yeah. No, I've been, I get everything. I've been using uh, I've been using meal, uh, Rainbow exclusively for the better fantastic. part of twenty years. No, they're fantastic. I get uh, everything. There's no reason to switch if you're happy. So oh, no, no, <laughs> like, no, I, I'm not it, switching. Don't fix it if it's not broken. Absolutely, I hear you loud and clear. But my 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 um uh message to all of you who are in the breeding group or leaving or coming and going and whatever. Uh, From a sales perspective, you have to somehow take the top of the notch people, get them all together. It's like there's some kind of like, you know, price fixing. Do you you understand Right now we have a hungry market of people who are out of work. They think they're going to sell this disabled, dying gecko with all kinds of diseases and make 20 bucks, okay? This is all the market for 20 bucks, with. yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, whatever. I don't know. I got burnt recently, and um, I can tell that story, but uh, that is really not the purpose of this call. The purpose is to say that there is a hungry market. There are a lot of people going into this breeding thing thinking they're going to make a quick buck it's like the gold mines it's like this or whatever it's like the stock market it's like any other thing that looks promising and they'll do anything to get the quick buck so my message to all of you at the top notches of this uh market and this uh whatever industry i don't know what to call it um we, I just call it a community because that community. I like that word. Okay. Yeah, that it's encompasses you know keepers, hobbyists, serious Absolutely. collectors, and breeders. Yes. Yes. Okay. So for the community, I would like to say that you have to up the ante. You have to, um, you know, when you're getting a bad apple or somebody's shooting you. Uh, 
a bad, bad cards or something, you, you don't shoot them the bad cards back, but you educate to let them know what is going on. For example, kids get into this, oh, I got a leopard gecko from blah, blah, blah. Well, do you know what it costs to get the tank, the UTH, the hide, the this, the that, blah, blah, blah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's $100 startup without the cost of the little guy or girl. You couldn't, You are hitting the nail on the head in a lot okay. of cases, Barbara. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, Barbara, you know, this is what I'm telling all the people contacting me for a gecko. I mean, over it's here in fun. Europe, it's more costly because we need <gasps> to have terrariums. You have to pay approximately 300 to 400 U.S. dollars okay, to get oh, your wow. setup. And I always tell people, you know, you want a leopard a gecko companion for not one year or two years, but up to 15 exactly. to maybe 20 or 30 years. There you go, so yes. it yes. makes absolutely no sense to me to invest in, in, you know, 200 300 400 dollars for the equipment and then looking for a 20 buck gecko, you know. It's just so... You. Just for the price. I mean, sometimes well, okay. it's just destiny. You find this gecko, and then you don't matter how much it costs. But this is—we're not talking about that kind of purchase yet. But we're see, talking Rebecca, about the majority Rebecca, of people looking for the cheap gecko. And I think this is a really, really. A point I don't that know how it is in Germany, Rebecca, but here, okay, th- we have two major big box uh, pet suppliers. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they may sell their leopard geckos on sale for 19.95 US. Yeah, it's the same over here. I mean, okay, we, we also all right. have the Yeah. Okay, but the thing is what people don't understand is that those geckos are nothing but inventory items. They don't get Des- any health care. They can't. To designed designed for you to spend $100, on everything that you need, or, or what they're saying, everything that you need, you know, to sustain this, you know, leopard gecko that you just spent $20 on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the point is that there you have to understand, and, and this is business, okay, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not persecuting anybody or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they will get you to buy the fancy long-haired hamster. Mhm. Okay, for 20 24.99. <laughs> oh, but they'll sell you this complete habitat with complete with this and that and everything and then you need a certain substrate then you need to buy a certain food and all that and you walk out of there with you know thinking you went to get a $25 hamster and spending $300 that yes. okay that is the marketing mentality and again don't none of you please don't get me wrong I'm I understand that. I understand that. But you know what? The bottom line is why would you buy a living animal from a big box supply entity that 
that, you know, specializes in dog food and overpriced, you know, habitats. Accessories. Exactly. And that's where they get you. This is what Rebecca was saying earlier about marketing. New folks don't know any better, though. New folks don't know any better. They don't. You know what? They They don't. And we're talking about a lot of impulse purchases. Absolutely. We're talking about people going there and go, oh, my God, that little leopard gecko (laughs) is so pretty. I'm so in love with it. And I know it's on sale for 19.95, and that's just great. They know nothing about it, so they hand them a care sheet, which is the, almost the same care sheet they have for every living thing they have in there, with a few words, you know, adjusted. <coughs> but what you do is you walk out of there with a $20 gecko that came from a gecko mill. It might be dead uh, in two weeks. And they're generally, they're not in good shape. They have parasitic infections and stuff. But what they'll do is they'll sell you $200 worth of stuff, including overhead heat and lighting. Mm -hmm. And I have to step into Which you do not need for a leopard gecko. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I definitely want to stress the point that I get contacted. I mean, of course, again, I mean, I can't put, you know, I can't say or claim that every hobbyist breeder is doing the best he can or whatever. As in every, you know, category, you have good people and not so good people, but a tremendous amount of people that our hobbyist breeders contact me regularly really for advice and and for tips and or give me feedback that they read my articles and that they mm-hmm. have still mm-hmm. some questions and blah 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 or even come with recommendations can you please you know write something about this and that i don't have the time i feel it's necessary uh, can you please do it and sometimes i do if i have the time so i have the really strong feeling that a lot of the this small scale hobbyist readers are really doing the best they can uh, i know here yes. over in germany yes, parasites are. are a topic taken very very seriously the animals get the majority of animals here are getting tested before breeding there the youngs are getting tested occasionally um, or regularly so i really have the feeling when i look around that the majority of of animals that I see, I mean, this is just, again, a personal view um, from hobbyist breeders. Um, uh, They are in pretty good shape, and they are cared for. And that, I mean, again, we are talking about circles inside a community. This circle that I see is a totally different circle of people that, you know, some colleagues see that work in the animal shelters. They also are right in their, you know, perspective of things. Yeah. It's just that yeah. this, those are different reptile breeders. Those are not people like you and me because you and me, we know our limits. We don't incubate much more than we can care for, and we don't give away our animals, and we don't sell animals to people. We have the strong feeling or at least one doubt that they oh, could give Rebecca, away the animal shelter. You're right. I remember anymore. one particular show. Actually, it was one of the first shows I've ever I ever did. I I 
like interrogated the people that were looking to buy my geckos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and same I over turned, here. And I turned down sales. For example, yeah. there was this one woman that says, I'm looking for a gecko. Um, I had one for about six weeks, and then it died. And then so I got another one, and four weeks later, it died. Okay. And oh then God. I got another one, and it lasted no. six no eight weeks, and then it died. Died. Yeah, and, okay. and that's All what right. I really... So, I'm happy to to be discussing here today. I mean, you and David and so many other breeders really do care and and it would be really great if if we can achieve that, you know, uh there are different people in our community and that there is um you know, a notifying amount of people really dedicated to their animals and not interested in making a quick sale or selling right. animals at all. I mean, I have had many seasons where I just bred for myself, for the own stock, and for trade. I mean, I'm not making any, you know... Um, no, it's, it's, it's really not a reflection of your... Of your... Pro, uh, of your... your uh, your passion and your, you know, your interest, in, your interest in, you know, what the outcome would be uh, on pairing. And I know many other people uh, over here in Europe who are as much, you know, um, um, serious as I am. So I really, and, and I know so many people in U.S. who are too. So uh, this is yes. what I'm really proud to say that um, I have made the experience personally that there are so many people around who really do care and I really hope we can raise the numbers even higher and make a change because it's definitely Absolutely. and definitely needed. Yes. I just now what Barbara what Barbara is saying is that uh, or at least this is what I'm hearing from you Barbara is that you know you know if you do business with a company who <clears throat> excuse me who will sell you animals at discount rates only to you know upsell based on everything that you need why okay i guess and i'm this isn't pointed towards you barbara at all what i'm saying is why would you buy a living creature from a company that specializes Caging and feed. Well, because I think people are attracted to the cheaper prices, especially when they're new hobbyists. They think, oh, okay, well, I can buy a cheap yeah. one and they're try looking it out for at a while. the bottom line. Okay, is but that? how much money how do they spend before they walk that? out the door? How can you even sorry, have a name, good conscience and consider yourself Barbara, responsible? Uh, can I just say something, guys? Yes, um, please. I think <laughs> that everything that you're saying is totally on the money. And um, I'm hearing you loud and clear, and I'm understanding it because after three years of buying dwarf hamsters, that's where I started. Okay. And beta, and beta fish. Yeah, <laughs> right? okay. Well, I have parents. I do know how to take care of those, and now I know how to take care of everyone. I started to understand what was going on in the pet industry, and I was mortified, Okay. I never had a pet in my life. I'm 57 years old. I never had pets when I was little, so I didn't know. 
How? Um, let me ask you this, Barbara. How did you come to that conclusion? Well, um, I I started out with the uh, well. I had parrots, and they were fine. You do have to pay a price for your parrot, okay? So, yeah. So um, uh, I made the mistake of feeding my first one. I I don't want to say it, but bad food. Okay, I'm not going to say what kind okay. of food. Okay. In inappropriate sometimes diet. Sometimes the pet food is not up to par. Right. And so she died prematurely. I'm sorry. For seven years. Yeah, she was my first pet, and she was so intelligent and was wonderful. So I adopt. I adopt now. So I adopted two other ones, and um, the other one, I I adopt disabled ones most of the time. (laughs) So they always have something wrong with them. So their lifespan is a little cut short. So I did lose my other parrot. He was a, a beautiful lovebird. And he had neurological damage, so I lost him. Okay, all right, no more needed to be said about that, but I do believe the food is tainted. All right, let's leave that alone. All right, so then I went into Dwarf Hamsterville, thinking, oh, this is kind of fun, this is cool. I bought every habitat, you know, I was one of those people. I I went in there, like, I'll take that, I'll take, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, what is that? Yeah, I'll take that. Put it in there. Who cares, you know? And then one died after another died. And then I started looking up on the Internet, doing my research, because I'm into research. And I started seeing uh, what's going on. And I started treating the animals. And keeping, and this is what I said. I put a post on my uh, my Facebook. I said, I'm keeping these kids alive. I'm not giving them a life. After, you know, if you have a dwarf hamster, which is the worst thing you can get for a kid because it dies. It dies. It has a two-year lifespan at the best. Okay? So that's how I got indoctrinated to the pet industry. I bought, I can't even tell you how many I bought. Who had tumors? Who had, I got ringworm from the dwarf hamster. (laughs) I got everything under the sun. But I learned after I fell down, I got up, I fell down, I got up. I learned everything. And I said, oh, my God, what a bullshit industry. (laughs) How horrible is this? And I, you know, and thank God for Gecko Nation. I say this all the time because I don't have to go there anymore. I don't have to go there. I go online. I buy everything online. And I'm done. I don't have to bother with those pet stores anymore because uh, that was a bad deal. I look in there. I get sick when I go in there. You know, you see the cats. You see the this or that or the other thing, you know. And all leopard gecko, if petco is, I'm sorry, but they're like not, they're like one of the worst. Um, you know, and they're saying, Fan- what is a fancy leopard gecko? Fancy. Oh, Wow, so we're going to charge 60 bucks for this instead of the 25 or $30. So what I'm saying is I got indoctrinated the hard way by losing a lot of pets I cared about and learning about things I didn't, uh, you know, think I, I needed I, to know about. I but, agree uh, with some of what, what you guys are saying, but I, I have to uh, step in and, and Whoa, speak Jim's from... Whoa, I am, I'm here. Uh, well, Dave, you said you, you wanted to turn it over to the ladies tonight, and 
We've uh, we've we've certainly yep. done that. But um, that's what ha- what's happening Indeed. if you you know you put three women together. You're just you know losing <laughs> yourself in conversation. I'm really sorry. <laughs> but Marcia, in terms of what you said, from my personal experience, you know, I I worked at the Gourmet Road, and I saw that they genuinely put a lot of care and effort into the animals, and to provide. Uh, the optimal environment for them. And I certainly think that a lot of that optimal care is, is lost um, by the time it gets to into the customer's hand. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think it's quite fair to um, put so much of that um, blame on the supplier, maybe as much as the, you know, yeah, sure. the retailer. Sure. I mean, it's, Everybody's um, responsibility. I mean, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Loud and clear. Hey, yeah. Can hear you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Because I I had it on mute, <laughs> and I couldn't remember if I was on or off. I'm sorry. Hey, yeah, yeah. But but go ahead. I, I didn't mean to like. You yeah. Know. So I, I you know I I've worked there personally. So I've seen and I've worked at a couple other um, you know reptile breeding facilities and. They they put you know they have the passion that that we all have and and similar backgrounds that that we've uh, come from and uh, and I certainly think that you know a lot of that is lost and I, I just don't think it's quite fair to uh, you know label them maybe as, as a mill a sure, cow, like a, a gecko producing mill. I um, well, I understand I also, and I appreciate you saying that that's that's important. But yeah. I remember the days when. Gourmet rodent, and again, I'm not saying anything against um, 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 Bill and Marsha, I guess. Um, I remember when they produced 99% of what they were producing to Petco was crypto-laden. That was the days I came from. Again, I'm not criticizing. I'm saying that this is the way well, it was, and it had to do with lack of understanding and education. And if they've turned that around and are still in business and proud of it, I see Bill Brandt at uh, every show I've been at, and he's he's very proud of the strides that they've made as a supplier to major big box you know um you know retail stores i think the pain point of this whole discussion was not you know maybe it drifted a little bit away but to my personal feeling and my personal opinion the whole discussion was about pricing on the animal i mean if you go into it doesn't matter if you go into you know um a pet shop or to a breeder if you just you know looking for the cheapest animal possible, no matter where you buy, I think this attitude is, you know, providing you such a huge potential for failures that it is safer to say it does not make sense, you know, investing so much in the equipment and then just purchasing the animal on the price alone. Please use your common knowledge. Look around. Look at how healthy the animals appear to you, look how knowledgeable the stuff or the 
private breeder or whatever person you know you contact um, appears to you, and then I think you will be much safer for your decision. Yes. I think this yes. is the point yes. that that we had, and that I want personally want to continue this this discussion uh, now because I think uh, we are getting a little astray from the original yes. uh, topic uh, here. May I just make a closing point? Sure, Barbara. Oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys and girls. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, providing educational resources, as in DVDs or uh, a membership, or taking taking the whole concept or community, as uh, uh, I guess Rebecca said, um, which is a nice term, taking it up a notch, make it more exclusive. Raise the, the bar. Thing. Raise, yeah, raise the bar. The there bar. you go. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's too damn low right now. And I have been through the ranks, and I've been through the low things, and I've lost everybody. And, you know, I'm an older person. I'm not a kid. I'm not 12 years old. Like, oh, my God, this is my first pet. Oh, Barbara, pet. I'm over 60 years old. Okay. <laughs> Good I for you. Good for yes. you. <laughs> and I'm still doing it. Yeah. Good girl. Yes. Go, girl. But uh, I'm just saying, it just, you know, I'm a newcomer to all this stuff. Like I said, I never had a pet in my life until I was uh, eight years ago, uh, 49, I think, 48, (laughs) my first pet. And um, I love them. I just love my, my little geckos, and I love everybody. I have a parrot. He's a little nutty. He's an adoptee. I have uh, the dwarf hamster that I'm treating for tumors. <laughs> um, you know, it is what it is. But uh, you learn as you go along. But uh, I, my message to all of you, get together the top-notch people and take it up a notch, just like they do in big business when they do price fixing. Do what you have to do. Get creative, get innovative, and get educational because people do not understand what is going on with this whole pet thing. They don't. No, we, could have, really. we could do a whole show on that. But yeah, I really, agree with you, I would love a show on that one. I would really well, put my chance in there. <laughs> but really, uh, um, you know, that's what's needed here. And, and uh, the educational and... Uh, more exclusiveness, not a not a, a self righteousness, not a I'm better than you feeling, but just like you don't want to go there. Okay, it's a marketing thing. You have to guys got to get creative. Get you know, it, it is a problem. It's a problem. I got burned. I put it on the uh, the Get Connection for um, the Facebook thing. I uh, met someone on Get Nation. And I was buying a gecko, and uh, this kid, which I knew I got a, had a gut feeling, she didn't know how to ship, she didn't know how to do nothing. So I'm like, all right, ship through those people, ship through that. And then I found out, I talked, I talked to uh, Reptiles Express, I talked to the people, I found out what's involved in shipping a gecko. I mean, this is no, uh, like, uh, you know, you don't just ship a gecko. It's no <laughs> joke. No, it it's is not. No joke. There's a lot of stuff to go through. There is I a, lost my an experience money. level and a, and a, oh. there, there is, yeah, 
I lost my money. I told the kid, I said, Merry Christmas. I said, just go away. You took the money on PayPal. I'm not going to get the gecko. And I, just go away, all right, lady? Go away. Mm. I'm making sick, okay? All right. And uh, no harm done. It's just, you know, happens in life, okay? You get you win some, you lose some. So I didn't win that one. <laughs> but, Rebecca, um, as, as you were saying, um, what – what are some of the positive things that you see that we're doing in the hobby now, and and what do you see, you know, where we'd like to take it, you know? In, right. As we're How, what do we into need to focus on? Yeah. But guys, guys, I'm gonna I'm going back to the regular side. I wish you all well. I wish you Merry Christmas. Okay, Happy thanks, holidays. Barbara. And I'm going back to the other part. <laughs> okay. Thanks, okay. Barbara. Bye. Thanks Love for calling all. in, Barbara. You're welcome. Okay, cool. Go ahead, Tim. What was your question? And who was it for? Uh, for for both Rebecca and Mark, as we're getting to the end of the show here, I'd just like you guys to talk a little bit about, you know, some of the positive things we're doing in the hobby now and, and where we need to continue to, to take the the positive things that we're doing. Oh, well, I I have the feeling that we've already, you know, addressed many, many positive uh, uh things or, or potential um in this show so um so far i'm yeah <laughs> quite you know confident we we have covered a lot of uh, important things and i think the main focus is to to stay yeah what barbara already said stay innovative stay passionate and stay focused on the animal's well-being and then you can't really go wrong then follow your gut feeling don't follow what the market seems to dictate you if you can't sell 20 then have 10 you know what i mean um it's not so much about the others than you think it is. It is about you and your perception. If I would have listened to everybody telling me everything, I mean, they literally told me when I started Leopard Gaggers in 2007 with Martina. Um, so don't go into breeding Leopard Gaggers. You won't ever succeed. I mean, yeah, think about that. Just think about mm-hmm. that. If I would have followed everybody's, you know, opinions and beliefs without following my own gut feeling I wouldn't have gone anywhere in my life and this is not just for geckos it is you know and there's a huge difference between following your gut feeling and respecting you know life and and ethics and just doing whatever you want I never did what I wanted to do um, and without really carefully considering how it would affect others and this is you know, the point that's really important. I think this is what, what we can all do to make this community better and and work and um, make it more positive. And it, it, it's such a, from an own experience, it is only rewarding. I've never experienced the way I was going as other than rewarding. I mean, I focused on the well-being of my animals. I couldn't do it alone because... Yeah, uh, you know, splitting the stock with with two different people and, and, you know, focusing on the same projects and helping out each other was so much more rewarding than doing everything on my own. And we have come so far. I've made a complete turnaround when I first started from just following what others breed to, you know, actually 
searching and and holding old valuable bloodlines from the past i'm not you know what i do is not focused on breeding the next new stuff it's focused on and holding the old things and oh this is you the, and i are on the same page as far as that goes yeah yeah uh, so you and i have never been morph makers we have been the ones that focus on a certain physical or genetic trait and making trying to make it better. Yeah. Not, At least that, that's not, what not reading this do. and that and this and that and this and that and hoping that the odds will be in your favor, you know, and then you wind up with the next new morph that you can make millions on and, and laugh all the way to the bank. You know, it it, yeah, it exactly. the odds of that happening so, are like next to nothing. I think you and I, we have many animals that accompanied us right from the start and that are still in our collection. Um, I, for my part, yeah, only incubate what I know I can put into caring hands. And, uh, I mean, of course, our numbers in Europe are much smaller than yours in the U.S., so I cannot compare in numbers in any way. But, you know, what... Even that is the fact that makes me even more, you know, yeah, proud of, of, of what we have achieved with so few animals, you know, getting this consistency in some lines. And this was not due of thinking, you know, I'm better than others or I have to push away others or I have to do what the market dictates. It was all about you know, love for the animals and, and caring for people and teaming up and being just trying to be a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. what it's all about. So that that's what I uh, can, can give you also, um, uh, Tim, as an answer from, for your question. That's what it's all about. And that's what's, you know, really pushing you and, and giving you um, space to fly. Indeed, well I, I definitely agree with you, and that's uh, certainly something I've been trying to do um, with, oh, with every gecko that, this, that I you don't know how into, to, This does my heart good, yes. Into, you know, new new keeper's hands. Uh, Marsha, do you have anything to add to that as well? Well, you know, it, it it's... My perspective comes from 20 years of doing this, Um I have to admit that I am not the best marketing person out there. I'm just not. Uh, we'll leave that to the Ron Trimpers of the world, you know, that are that are geniuses when it comes to marketing. Um, you know, but I don't. I don't. I see. I see the gecko community and and even the reptile uh, community right now as it stands, especially with all kinds of, you know, uh, laws and, you know, I don't know. It, it, It makes my mind want to explode, not only with, how much information there is, but how much aggravation it gives me. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is that, yes, all I can say is for people who are beginning in this hobby and or business, 
you know, glean as much information as you can. And yes, a lot of it is ambiguous, which means that it might be contradictory or it might be, you know, um, but the thing is that, that the more information you get and the wiser you are, the more you the more you can extrapolate from everything that's available out there into something that makes sense to you. But what a lot of people don't realize is if I say I keep my geckos this way and Rebecca says I keep my geckos this way and David says I keep my geckos this way and and there may be some differentiality between you know between that it it doesn't mean there's a right and wrong way it just means that's what's working for us right that's what that's works for me does that make sense <clears throat> absolutely it yeah. does you know it does definitely okay my information may not be bogus and neither is anybody else's but what I'm saying is that somebody who has the passion and the intelligence and the and everything else that it's going to take to be a you know a future gecko breeder will take into consideration all of these different this different array of perspectives and information and and be able to extrapolate one common denominator out of all of this information. And also I think what I would like to quickly add is um, if you're as a beginner or advanced person searching for information, you absolutely have to consider who is, you know, giving you this information. Right. I mean, don't believe everything you just read. I mean, I can claim you everything in the Internet because I don't have to prove that the sky is purple. You know, I can claim everything I want. Um, and, and, and so can do everybody else. So please, if you're getting information from people like Marsha or, you know, um, um, all the other breeders or myself, people that, you know, have contributed already to the community that have written articles, that have been in interviews, that have whatever, yeah, a lot of positive feedback. I mean, I'm, I'm um, uh, very, very sure that, you know, a lot of the good people have a lot of, you know, good reputation, not only from people who got animals, but also from other people who, you know, just requested or something, Um if if you're um take a if it takes you a, a few minutes to filter to type in a question um <laughs> regarding a leopard gecko matter i mean it's not too much to ask to ask you for two minutes again to search you know in facebook most of the people are yeah writing with their names just do a quick research and check back who is this person that is doing this claim. And if it's a respectable breeder, then the chances are very high that this information is accurate. And if it's from just someone, I mean, there is no, no, you know, uh, the best option would be to, you know, maybe ask other people for their opinion as well. And if it's right, right, right. then you will have nine per, per people from ten say, yes, we all agree, not good keeping a leopard gecko on sand. 
There you go. You're right. Okay, it's just a matter of going through the the power of elimination from the information you get as well as and I and I want to focus on that the the information that you do you do get that is a common denominator between all of these resources. Okay, so you 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 have to think for yourself as well. If you're, you know, Absolutely. you have to think. You have this to think so for yourself. This is so important. I mean, and this is also closing the circle on what we said an hour ago. Don't you know? Um, count on other people doing your homework. You are your exactly. own. Um, right your own, you know, master of your own game in life. You decide over the well-being of your animals and your level of responsibility and a responsible owner is looking for information besides the Internet as well. I mean, he's surely checking out but some you, forums right, or reliable ha- sources and not but only, these- you know, searching in Facebook and then dropping it if, if he doesn't find immediately what he's searching for. So I'm sure that a lot of people who are listening are doing this already, and I'm very proud of them, and yes. I definitely yeah. encourage them yeah. to please continue this and also educate people who are um, not aware that um, for some information you need some time to get them, but it's definitely worth the weight and the work into because it will uh, directly influence your animal's well-being and that's what stands and I think I can say that really clearly and this is the point that's most important for me today in the show the animal's well-being has to stand above everything else absolutely you got it you got you hit the nail right on the head Rebecca you have to be able to make informed decisions and this is what's protecting you also financially, from many losses, from many decisions you will deeply regret and from other people claiming you as not a responsible person. This is the first step. And you are never too old and never too young to learn. I mean, I've started as a kid informing myself because my parents won't buy me an animal because they told me you're too young. You can't take care of them. You have to prove it to us. And I mean, not everybody is obviously so lucky having such considerate parents, but um, this, that was <laughs> what really, you know, what really drove me, what really, you know, passioned me. And I was like, you know, I'll go into this Chiron, you know, yeah, library, and I'll, I'll pick up every book that I'll find about hamsters and birds and fishes and whatever and torture my parents with needless facts about what a guppy needs to survive and whatever. But the point is, I did my homework and I loved it. I totally loved it. And this is what's all about, you know, get a passion, just get into it. Don't see it as a work. If you see it as a as a as a work, as a nasty thing to look into information, then it's the right wrong job for you keeping an animal. You have to be like a uh, uh, I, I was always seeing myself as like a you know ghostbuster. I was hunting information. Uh-huh. And then I was, you know, it was like, like this Pokemon game. I got you. I got you. It's fine. <laughs> so that's what it's all about. If you see it from this perspective, you might enjoy even reading books or e-books in the future. So it's all a matter of right. perspective. Everybody can change. It's never too late. And you know what? You have nothing to lose and everything to win. 
everything Rebecca, you gain. That, that exactly um, ties in with something that I wanted to say that kind of uh, uh, brings back how, how you guys were talking about market saturation earlier. Um, I, I agree with you guys in terms of if you say that everyone kind of in our community, uh, you know, with all the geckos that we produce and try to sell to each other, yes, if you if you label the market that way, it is. I would say it is saturated. But if, if at the same time, if you look at every young child that has the financial means and the interest and the proper education uh, on the care and everything else, and, and if you look at that worldwide, I think we're not even touching the market. Um, with, oh, with yeah, you are everybody. absolutely right. Mm-hmm. With you know, with with the proper education, there are so many more people that that already have the interest, and if they knew what we know, they would be doing this also. Little I hope I couldn't agree with you more. This is the future. These people are not something for experienced. Uh, breeders or, you know, whatever, to roll their eyes and go, oh, my God, here we go, another newbie or another, you know, I look at it, I get excited when somebody is, you know, wanting to learn and get on board. This is the future of her her pediculture, and it is the future of, of, you know, just our beloved geckos. But the thing is that people need to be able to make informed decisions. In other words, you're making a decision on whether or not to buy an animal or keep an animal or put it on sand or put it on... You know, these are decisions that each individual has to make. And it, it would only be my wish and my hope that all these people would make informed decisions. And even if it means wading through um, a bunch of ambiguous, you know, information. Uh, but you know what? Go to the source. Go to the source. Don't just read something on a forum and say that's the gospel. Go to the source and say, you know, if if someone doesn't have the time of day for you, then check them off your list. And, Otherwise, and, and, and send all of your what morph is this emails to Dave. Yeah, right, there you exactly. go. What morph is this? Oh, well, you know what? That uh, I, you Listen, 20 years of what morph is this, and what do I get if I cross this with that? If I had a dollar for every one of those inquiries, I could retire. I could have retired 10 years ago, but, but that's okay. A nickel I'll would a even nickel. be better. Yeah, I can do it on a nickel. I can retire, so, you know. We'll see. All right. Well, let's end it there, ladies. We could go all night. You two are firecrackers. You guys, are, you, you ladies are great for Aren't we, for though? Topic. Yes. We we're can, awesome, we aren't we, Rebecca? <laughs> well, we're awesome say, because we, because we love <laughs> we love what we do. Yeah. Well, you're, my, you're absolutely my two favorite uh, women breeders out there. That's for sure. And, you know, that's... Aw, uh, thank I'm, you. I'm very... 
I'm very honored to be in the community with both of you, and you know, it's, it's just it's great that we've become friends. And I don't know, some of us that can get along really well, like the like us, and it, it's a good thing. And I think more and more people are starting to realize uh, that we yeah, can all get hopefully. along. Hopefully, and, and those, oh, those little by little relationships, believe it or not, for the newcomers. You might get the impression you can only succeed if you're drawing out your elbows and do it on your own, but guess what? You just entered the world of pack animals. So <laughs> it's no fun being a stray wolf if you can have so much more fun in a pack. Because, right. you know, exactly. there's personal relationships, and that's how I see it. That's how I've always seen the community and that. what's definitely coming true in my case. I mean, I'm seeing myself as a as a yeah, just a member of of a, of a great pack. So um, honestly, those personal relationships are the are the yeah experiences that last. I mean, it's always great to hatch this one baby you're excited about, blah blah blah. But all of this is worth nothing. And I can say this out of personal experience: it's worth nothing if you don't have someone, some true friends to share your joy and to pray you when you're in a situation that might look like the end of the world. If if you don't know who to call, if you're in the middle of the night, an animal, you know, is this, you know, not not looking so good and you don't know what to do and you don't know the best Listen, you're right, Rebecca. When I lose an animal, when I lose an animal, I grieve. I grieve. A lot of people have a hard time understanding that, but I grieve. And there's my heart is empty, forget. but it's always nice to be able to, you know, share that that um, yeah. you know yeah. that intimate feeling of grief and loss. Yeah, and I mean, you will remember every one of your animals, but there are some that stick around like persons. They never leave your head, and I had one especially <laughs> that is always with me, always. I mean, that was the one, maybe, yeah, the once-in-a-lifetime gecko, I don't know. I hope to get another one <laughs> one day, and I love them all to death. But, yeah, um, some of my favorite, uh, yeah, lucky, luckily, most of my favorites are still alive. <laughs> and they're not so old for their seven or eight years. But, um, yeah, there is always, you know, a time where you really need a hand. So Right. Um, we are not designed by nature, and we are part of this planet. I, I'm sorry if I sound here a bit, I don't know, biological or something, but humans, in the end, we are just, you know, we are not totally separated from this planet. I know we always want to consider ourselves as the top of the top of the top, and maybe in some points we are, but anyway, if you break it down to the bottom, we are one part of a guy. Yeah, of a really Absolutely. big puzzle. Oh my God, and yeah. we are from nature through millions mm-hmm. of years. Just consider that. We are not designed for solitary, uh, yeah, solitaire uh, hunters or whatever. We are pack animals. We're designed that way. This is why humans and wolves are so greatly together because they're so similar. And I mean, I've actually had the chance, you know, to, to be in contact with people and, and working on a study in the Institute for, for um, yeah, um, cognition, animal cognition. So, of course, I can say that, I mean, yeah, we are 
have so many similarities to, to pack animals. And just consider one for one second, consider how much effort it, it costs you to go everything, to do everything alone and go your way and always speak against people. It's so much easier, fun and rewarding and better for your animals and for the whole scene and the animals of friends is a self-rewarding system. It's so much easier and so much fun. You know, just, just joining sides. I mean, we're all That's together. Why you will sooner or later reach right. a point where you will depend on others' help. You always mm-hmm. need choice in life. So that's why reason. I call it community. Yeah. Let me say something. something that's too. why I call it community. For those new folks so out I there hope that this are was, listening, I hope this was positive, Tim. <laughs> I tried my best. <laughs> Let me say something real quick. Uh, for all the new folks out there that are thinking about getting into the into the community, you don't have to get into the community by bashing others or by uh, being critical or just being a jerk. You can do it. You can do it by being respectful to your elders and people that have been in this longer than you. You don't have to, you know, make a name for yourself in a negative way. That never works. Yeah. You will not gain respect no. that way. Yeah. You, may, yeah. you may gain some followers, but they're all going to be like that. They're not going to get you anywhere. So That kind you know, of this, behavior this, and attitude cripples cripples us. Right, and it makes us all look bad. And you know what? It'll just drive you further away from the people that really do matter in this. And you know, trust me. Do the, try to be yourself and be be kind to others and be respectful. That's the key. Treat and, others uh, as you want to be treated. Mhm. Right. That's right. it. Okay. And you will receive nothing but good fortune. It's no, like that. Right. Nobody right. says you have to like everybody. Right. Nobody you says can still that. Be respectful. You can still be but respectful. But the thing and is, if you can step back for a moment and think of the one thing. The one thing, the one permanent truth in this community is that we all love our animals, okay? And forget the other part of it that's aggravating. Focus on the one permanent truth, and that is we all share our love and passion for these beautiful gentle creatures very good all right well let's wrap it up ladies all right uh it's been a great show we've gone well into overtime i'm kind of falling asleep <laughs> <laughs> we we could we could keep going i know it's very late for you too rebecca and well, the sun yeah, might be coming good. up where rebecca is now <laughs> yeah, yeah thanks right. for yeah. staying up with us almost yeah <laughs> right. which means tonight is the the sh- the longest night of the year so starting tomorrow all the days will start becoming longer. Yeah. Yep. So it's true. It's also the it's also the longest night Earth has ever seen, scientifically speaking. So mm-hmm. you know, as far as the rotations go or whatever. But yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, ladies, Marsha. Well, Anna, thank Rebecca. you for having us on. Merry it's Christmas. Always and a lot of year, fun. Ladies. I definitely yes. want to thank all of you. It has been a great pleasure and a real honor doing this show. And I hope we contributed to um, yeah, a better, positive uh, view. And um, if you find, as a listener, that there are not so many differences between men and women in this hobby, no, I think it, this is right. a good thing. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, my over experience is a very positive one. The only thing that that I uh see as a drawback <laughs> is carrying heavy stuff on the shows. So if this is the only thing I can, you know, really complain about, I count myself really happy as a woman in this uh, wonderful herping society. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, listen, thank you again. Okay. We'll let you go. And we'll do it again in 2015, ladies. I think that sounds great. I hope that everybody has a Merry Christmas. And if Christmas is not the focus of this uh, holiday that's coming up, I wish you a happy holiday. And I guess it's going to be next year in about a week and a half, right? That's correct. We're going to okay. Have so that means that all of, all of us with websites have to go through and do our copyright changes from... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I hope everyone has a wonderful, wonderful holiday. And then I hope that, I hope and pray that 2015 is, brings everyone uh, a sense of peace in the entire world. Every year right. is better than the last. So let's focus on that. And happy, happy, and safe. New Year's. Awesome. All right. Thanks again, ladies. We'll do it again in 2015. Sounds Have a good. good night. Thank good night. you very much. All right. Awesome show. I don't know, Tim, how did we do tonight? Yeah, it was a short one, just like you said, right? <laughs> yeah, we were only supposed to do a short show tonight. Well, Rebecca said <laughs> she didn't want to do a, do a late one because it was so late there and she has to be up early, but then it went into overtime, so... I kind of predicted, and, and, though. I said, you know, I said, when we get these ladies talking, they're just going to keep rolling, and boy, was I right. You you, <laughs> you two are firecrackers. You, you guys can talk, which is cool. But, uh, yeah, I think well, I think the, they did a great job tonight. We really got some good information out, a lot of good feelings out there, good vibes. And, uh, Tim, this is, this is our last show of 2014, man. Yeah, Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays, as we said, and... Uh, Again, uh, come check us out at, at White Plains in 2015, and hopefully I will get at least a few pictures of uh, some of the stuff I have available that I'll be bringing to the show up on the Gecko Nation Marketplace. But uh, if I don't, make sure to come by and, and check out the table. Uh, again, I'll be at John Heiser's table right next to the Cutting Edge Herp table. And uh, take care, Dave. Take care, Tim. I'll be in touch with you during the week. Uh, thanks again for everything you do for the show and for coming on board and look forward to a great year in 2015 with you. Thanks for having me. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye now. All right, folks. I uh, hope to see you at the show. I'll be there too, of course. My table is right across from uh, BHB, Brian Barchek's table. So uh, stop by. Say hello. Excuse me. Uh, I'm going to play the outro. I'll come back with my closing remarks. Hang tight. Gecko Nation Radio is a David Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. The jazz music you heard tonight was generously donated and created by Jeremy Turgeon of J&D Reptiles. Thank you very much, Jeremy, for the great musical pieces. You can check out Jeremy at J&D Reptiles on YouTube and on Facebook. 
and a very special thank you to our news anchor, graphic designer, and audio tech, Steve Barker. All the graphics, audio sponsor plugs, and music overlays were assembled by Steve. Check out Steve on YouTube at BC Barker Creations. He has some terrific videos for the herb community with amazing geckos and snakes. Please support the U.S. Herpetocultural Alliance and U.S. ARC. Gecko Nation Radio is proud to support both of these organizations. Please donate to U.S. ARC so that they have the funds needed to legally protect pet owners' rights nationwide. You can donate to the U.S. ARC Legal Defense Fund at www.usarc.org. If you would also like to learn about advocacy and how you can take action on a state and local level, please subscribe to the U.S. Herpetocultural Alliance newsletter and blog at www.usherp.org. All right, folks, my closing remarks are this. Um, 2014 has been uh, a roller coaster of a year, and aren't they all? Um, I want to thank everyone, from seriously, from the bottom of my heart, for making this show so, so successful and for making the group so successful. Um, when I first started this, I had a vision to the best that I could and um, also to bring on the best people that I thought could help me accomplish something. And uh, with Steve, Barker, and Tim, I think we're we're definitely accomplishing something great here on Gecko Nation Radio. And uh, I often wonder about how I feel about running the group on Facebook. It, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, I don't know. It, it's it can be trying at times, but I feel that overall it's a huge positive thing and. It's doing very, very well. I think we're over 4,000 members now. And uh, I just hope that it continues to be one of the best groups on Facebook. I, uh, that was my goal, too, when I started that. I said to myself, I want to make the best possible gecko group that I can, or reptile group. And uh, I don't know. I'm always. I'm not trying to compete with any other groups. I'm only trying to compete with what I did yesterday. So... And uh, it's all of you out there that are part of this whole thing. Now, that's that's the key. That's the glue that holds everything together. I mean, um, you know, some of us get along so well, and some of those, some of us are really doing incredible things in the community. And I feel like, I feel like I'm serving in an army with uh, some really just honorable and good folks. Um, some of these, some of these breeders, like Rebecca Marsha. John Scarborough and others, so many others, and, and a lot of new folks coming in. Uh, you guys, you guys are really important to this whole thing, and let's do it together. Let's let's be cool with each other. Let's uh, be respectful to each other, and let's uh, help one another, and let's make this. We, we it's all up to us to make this community or this industry whatever it's going to be. So let's do our best, and you know. Uh, be as positive as, as we can. I mean, as bad as things get in the world, um, there's there's a few things that will always matter to us, our family, our friends, and our animals, our pets, okay? And if we have that basis that, you know, we really love our pets and our friends and our family, then those are those three things that, you know, shouldn't bring, shouldn't be a negative part of our life. They should always be a positive part of our life, that, you know, that, give us solace and give us um, just give us a break from, you know, the negative parts of our reality. Okay. I'm not going to try to get too deep about it, but um, you know, they, these things are a positive, 
positive part of our lives. So let's keep them that way. And uh, I wish you all the very best in 2015 in your projects, in your lives. I seriously hope everything goes better for the world and uh, looking forward to to bringing you all another year of Gekamation Radio. All right, folks, have a good night. And uh, let me talk about my sponsors for a minute, and I'll play a cool song. You take us out. Dale's Breed of Dragons uh, has been with us since day one, and I want to do a special thank you to Mario and Dale Delator. Um, they've been growing a very successful reptile supply business on the East Coast, and they started up very small only a few years ago, and they have grown by leaps and bounds. And uh, that's partly because of Mario's good business sense, but it's also because they're just good people and they do good by their customers and they have great prices on their reptile supplies. So if you need anything from Exoterra, Zoomed, Rapashi, Exoterra, I think I said that, um, all different types of foggers, misters, vitamins, whatever you need for your reptiles, Dale's Bearded Dragons is going to get it to you cheaper, okay, even if you have to have it shipped. So check them out, com. If there's something special that you're looking for, you can also find them on Facebook, okay? Message them. They'll take care of you. They're also selling FlexWatt heat tape now, the good stuff, not the imitation. Uh, genuine FlexWatt is the safest, most advanced, and most energy-efficient heat tape in the world. So whatever you're paying for heat tape, um, if you're buying FlexWatt, it's going to save you money in the long run on your electric bill, and it's going to be the safest, all right? And we got something really cool coming up for FlexWatt in 2015. Stay tuned for that. Really big advancement. All right. Um, also, abdragons.com, best dubia breeder, and uh, really high-quality dubia, fed really good food, great prices. They use the code GECKO, all in caps at checkout, get 5% off your order, abdragons.com. Gecko Boa, Gecko Boa Reptiles, geckoboa.com. That's John Scarborough. Um, it's an honor serving with you, John, and uh, I'm very happy to call John a friend and also to uh, be in a community with a breeder such as him. So check out Gecko Boa Reptiles. Got some amazing leopard gecko morphs, wild types, and some obscure species, and uh, just an honorable, honest person to deal with. Uh, let's see. Supreme Gecko, Wally Kern. Another great person in the community. Does a lot, gives back, uh, just su uh, successfully completed his 12 Days of Christmas um, promotion, giving back to the community. Awesome. Another great person doing positive stuff for us. Check out Supreme Gecko. It's got Cresties, got all kinds of cool micro geckos, um, and supplies too. So, supremegecko.com. Ohio Gecko, Mr. Thad. He runs geckoforums.net as well. Check out Ohio Gecko for tangerines, all kinds of cool fat tails. He pioneered the Starburst fat tail morph, and he's got some really cool projects going on. So check out ohiogecko.com. Rainbow Mealworms. Rainbow Mealworms is part of the glue that holds this whole community together. Many of us use Rainbow Mealworms exclusively for our insects, our feeder insects. Uh, Jillian Spence is just a doll to deal with, and um, is a master at customer service. So check out rainbowmailworms.net. They're the biggest worm farm in the world, and they didn't get there by doing things wrong. Reptilesexpress.com is the best shipping company to use if you're shipping your animals anywhere in the country. Check out reptilesexpress.com and ask for Debbie Price if you're new to shipping. She will help you through it. 
and she's always there making sure your packages get where they're going. Love Debbie. Oh, Ron Tremper. What can I say? Ron Tremper is the godfather of leopard geckos. Another amazing person in our community has been going. He's been doing this for over 30 years. And uh, if it wasn't for Ron, we wouldn't have many of these morphs that we're working with today, such as bandits, tangelos, pastel raptors, all kinds of cool stuff, um, tangerine, shrimp, albinos, emerines. So check out leopardgecko.com, and he's got an amazing app called Leopard Gecko Pro and Leopard Gecko Care, as well as a few others that you'll find through his website, leopardgecko.com. All right. Let's see. Last but not least, Mr. Darrell and Kate Burton from Longhorn Geckos. Check them out on Facebook, Longhorn Geckos. And uh, they'll be doing a website, I believe, soon, too. Uh, Daryl and Kate are new breeders on the scene, him and his son. Daryl and his son, Kate. And uh, uh, they've spared no expense and invested in top-quality genetics. And they'll be producing some amazing stuff, uh, super tangelos, pastel raptors, white and yellow stuff, nice bells, just a wide array of just awesome stuff. So check out Longhorn Geckos on Facebook. All right, folks, I wish you all a very happy uh, New Year and whatever holiday you celebrate. I hope it's a great one. And if you don't celebrate holidays, that's fine, too. And uh, we'll see you next year in 2015. Here's a song to take us out. Love you, Gecko Nation. <laughs> 